Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 57. Dansby Swanson is a cub. In this segment, Crowley talks to Joe Johnson, the founder of Obvious Shirts. Joining me now, my next guest on Fly the W, it's Obvious. It is Joe Johnson from Obvious Shirts. How you doing, Joe? Crowley, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on the number one fan in baseball's podcast and here on fly the W. I appreciate that. My friend. Now I, I got to tell you something. It, it's a, uh, you know, just seeing your success is just amazing. How did it all start for you as far as a Cubs fan? I mean, most of us, we have some sort of parent that genetically passed it on or somehow we got addicted to Harry Carey. Which one was it for you? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So like the story is I can't vouch. I don't, I don't know if I have photos, but when I was born, I was brought home in a Cubs onesie from the hospital. Um, My grandfather, big time, big time Cub fan. And being raised by a single mom, you know, I was, I would go to my grandparents' house almost every weekday after school and hang out with them. They live close by 10 minutes from my, from my mom's house. So after school, I would spend my days with my grandpa and that entitled us, uh, watching the Cubs, you know, every time, every day game that the Cubs were on, I would get home from school and it'd be like the seventh inning. He'd already have the game on. And he taught me the game of baseball from watching the Cubs and my love for baseball from there grew, um, played baseball myself, played four years in college. Um, but it definitely started with my grandfather. Uh, he had a huge influence on my life, probably my favorite human being, uh, in my life. And I owe it all to him. Now, do you remember your first Cubs game at Wrigley, the first time you, you laid eyes on mm-hmm. it? I do. Yeah, I was – I want to say it was right after the – so I went in 1993 before the strike, but I don't, I don't like, remember it. I was probably four or five years old. But the first season after the strike, I went with my grandfather, and I remember that's when I had the, you know, walking up the stairs moment, hearing the organ, smelling the hot dogs. Um it was Ryan Sandberg's might've been 96 then. Cause it was right before Ryan Sandberg retired. And um, I, I remember he hit a foul ball. We were, we were probably the section right behind the Cubs dugout. I don't know what's that, what that's called now. It's like one eighteen or one. We were in this 200 section, like the first couple of rows and 
a Brian Sanford foul ball like bounced right in front of us and went over my head and I was so mad. <laughs> but that's about that's about like my first memory. I know the Cubs beat the Brewers. I think it was like five to three. Couldn't tell you who was pitching. But yeah. Um yeah, it was it was magical. Like Wrigley See, as a kid, Wrigley was my favorite place. You know, people like Disney World or theme, or like theme parks and I just wanted to go to Wrigley. And so I went there every day every day of my birthday on July thirty first, same birthday as Harry Potter. Fun fact. Nice. But every I was lucky because like my whole childhood the Cubs played at home. It was usually against the Rockies. And so every day of my birthday we'd go to a game. Um so like it like so many other people. Right. And so you go to college and you're playing baseball and what did you major in in college out of curiosity? Um, economics and rhetoric. Rhetoric is like the art of pers- I went to a liberal arts school, so you know, not a lot of people have heard of rhetoric. It's public speaking. So okay. like, like linguistics and language has always been an interest in how to persuade and use your words for empowerment. And then the econ, the business side. So I kind of blurred all those things together here with the business. So you're sitting there and, uh, you know, you go, you, you know, you get a office job, right? Regular nine to five. Yep. Yeah. I got, a, I had a, I got super lucky through a few, you know, connections and guys I played ball with that got me a really nice job downtown Chicago, right on, right on the river. Um, very cush job sales. I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, but I hated, I hated the nine to five. I hated the corporate structure. I hated so many of the politics that came with the corporate lifestyle. And I, my mom was the one that she's like, you know, you, you have a great job. You're like you should be, you're living downtown Chicago and like, you should be thrilled. And I was just like, I kind of just miss sports. I miss being involved. And this was right after I was done playing baseball and all that. And she's like, well, you should do something that you love. Like you should be, you know, type don't, don't do what I did. I, I had to work insane hours just to keep, you know, me and my sister like afloat. And she's like, if you, if you have the means, just do something that you love. So then I just started paying more attention again to like baseball and started diving into that. I'm, yeah. So, so, so we're getting back to that magical year of 2015. And, uh, you know, it really, it was, I think anyone that walked in the 2015 season said, Oh, you know, we got Johnny Lester. This is starting to look good. And then, you know, it just took off. And one of the reasons it took off was because of one of the, you know, greatest trades ever, Scott Feldman and what is Steve Clevenger for Jake Arietta and Pedro Strope. And so uh, Jake has all of a sudden just this unbelievable, amazing year. And that had to have been fun for you to watch. Yeah, I uh, I mean, and you remember, like, the whole, like, Joe Madden, the, the, well, first, like, Theo, I think Theo got hired my senior year in college, and I was, a, I was a maniac when that happened, because, like, his, his, obviously, his reputation precedes himself, and I thought that was, like, okay, we're gonna, like, make a go at it, and then when we got Madden and then Lester, we knew Chris Bryant was right around the corner, Rizzo had already established himself. Um, Castro, I mean, I love Castro. Like, that was a 2015 was a super fun year. And then so my backstory with Jake is really kind of surreal because I played a I played a travel like a travel ball, a high competitive high school uh, 
scout team and we played at TCU and we played, we stayed in the TCU locker room and uh, there was like a piece of tape. It was like scotch tape and it said like Arietta, Jay Arietta 34. Um, and I remember like seeing that. I remember seeing his face because he was kind of big time at TCU. Then I think he was either junior or senior when I was a jun- rising senior in high school. Um, and I was talking to the custodian and he was like, yeah, that, that guy's a ball player. He's going to be pitching in the big sometime. And then I, so I followed him. I followed him. He was on the USA team and I saw him pitch a few times as like, uh, before he went to the Orioles and his stuff was disgusting. I just, I don't, he couldn't really control it that well, but you could tell he had really good stuff. So when the Cubs got him, I'm like, I'm going to follow this guy. Um, I know his success wasn't great in Baltimore, but everything just came together perfectly in 2015. And then he was an alien the second half of the season. I tell people, you know, right. I tell people there are three years that just blew my mind away. And that was 84 Sutcliffe, 92 Maddox and 2015 Jake Arrieta. Three of just the greatest, most dominant uh, pitching matchups. And so you have a connection to Jake and, and, do you remember the conversation that leads to the very first shirt? Yeah, real quick. Rank, I want you to rank, in ju- not, not in terms of player, not in terms of career, the snapshot of their dominance. How would you rank Jake, Mad Dog, and Sutcliffe? Boy. You got to give Jake the one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really hard, man. I would really have to sit down and think it through. I mean – I just, I just don't want to think of recency bias. You know what I mean? Jake's the one that's freshest in my head. And I was a kid when, when Sutcliffe did it. But, I mean, that was just like this guy just got traded to the Cubs and didn't lose. He was just dominant. And then just remembering Maddox and thinking we really got something special and we didn't. We let him go. So, Arietta, obviously, I mean, he's got to be up there. It's hard. You know, I would say, yeah, Arietta would probably be number one. Stat-wise, I mean, nobody can touch Arietta's stats. I think he gave up like one home run in – four months. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was just ridiculous. So yeah, you're, you're in the office and uh, people are talking about Jake and the light bulb goes on over your head. Yeah. So how, it, like at the time I was a season's ticket holder, uh, I guess I still am now. It's just under the company's name and not my name. But at the time I was going to a lot of games, I was in sales. And if you're like at your quota, you know, they're kind of cool. You don't have to really come to work. You can kind of be flexible with your schedule. So the, it all kind of started in probably June, July, 2015. Um, and it was after one of Jake, it's, I think it was right after the all-star break and Jake had like a complete game, maybe eight innings. I don't know. He struck out like a 10 or 11. And I just came into the office because our, my team downtown, we were all Cub fans. So that was like, we always talk Cubs. Water cooler talk Cubs. Break room, we talk Cubs. We always had the Cubs game on in the in the like our team meeting room. So like I even changed desks so that I could see I have an angle of the TV meet in the meeting room at all times to watch the Cubs. Very unproductive. But I came in one of the one of the mornings and I came in late and I was like, so uh JK Red is good at baseball. <laughs> and I didn't say any, I came in late, just said that and sat down and my team kind of chuckled. And, uh, I was like, I should put that on a shirt and like no knowledge of t-shirts. I'm not, I don't even consider myself creative. I just think like less is more and try to be sarcastic. I I'm just always kind of like trying to get a reaction out of people with stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. 
<laughs> so they they liked it. I was like, I could make that a shirt. And then my buddy, he's like, you know what? I did t-shirt promotion and when I was in college to pay my pay my way. I can get you a shirt made. I said, yeah, I want one shirt size large. Um, and then I have your buddy, before we print this, have your buddy send me samples because I'm really picky about my t-shirts. And I hate the, I hated the like majestic. I'm the, I love majestic, but I hated that jersey that that jersey t-shirt. The what are they called? The jersey, jersey. Thank you. I just hated those so much. It was like wearing a cardboard box. So I'm like, have your buddy send me samples. I want to pick a super comfortable shirt. And then that I was playing around with all these different fonts. And I remembered in college, I had a class where they said Helvetica font is the cleanest, simplest, most basic font. So I used that and I mapped, I, I did it in Microsoft Word and I printed it out in landscape and I would hold it up to my t-shirt that I was wearing under my shirt to get the size. And I'm like, I want it as well, you know, white, almost armpit to armpit. And then, you know, four weeks later, the shirt came in and I wore it to a, I'm like, I'm going to wear it to Jake's next start. Um, and he, that was against the Brewers. He went the complete game. Struck out 11, gave up three hits. I left to go get a beer in the third inning and got, like, at that time of the year, he had, like, six or seven strikeouts. Like, in the third inning, I think he had six strikeouts. And everybody just bombarded me. They're like, where did you get that? I was getting tapped on the shoulder as I was walking by. The concession ladies were asking me if they can get one for them. And so it was just, I was like, give me any contact information. Give me a business card. And I wrote every business card down. Or when I got back, I took everybody's info, made 50 shirts, individually texted or emailed or called every single person. Everybody still wanted it because he was still dealing. And then I ordered a hundred, put them on Facebook and I sold all those in like 40 minutes. And then I ordered 400 and then everything kind of changed from there. So, so do do you remember, do you remember when you kind of said to yourself, okay, maybe this is really going to be a full-time gig? Well, that didn't come for another almost two years. So I was running this, almost as a, I was running it as a speakeasy out of my desk, downtown Chicago. I had, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like full disclosure here, I had the guys in the mailroom on the 40th floor of my office building. Like they were real cool with me and they would, they would keep my envelopes. They would keep my t-shirts like away. And so like at lunch breaks, I would shoot up to the top floor, grab a bunch of t-shirts, stuff them in envelopes, give them, cause all that they collected all of our mail and sorted it and they would put it in the outgoing for me and nobody knew about it. So I was running... <laughs> a speakeasy business out of my office desk for about a year, year and a half. And then after the Kyle Schwarber t-shirt blew up and I had, I had Jake, I had uh, Kyle Schwarber and then I had, I'm allergic to St. Louis. Those three kind of were doing, I think I was selling like 20 shirts a day. So I'm like, if I, if I can just get five more shirts a day, I'll quit my job. And in retrospect, that was the stupidest thing ever. Cause I was <laughs> not ready to, I was not ready to quit my job. I had a very, very, bad rough depressing dark 2017 but i just grinded extremely hard and worked my ass off trying to make connections with people and sending free shirts to people and eventually bug bleacher nation enough to like give me a chance to you know, kind of pitch my whole idea and concept to them and brett loved it and he's like well we want to help any way we can and then you know i owe a lot of people a lot of a lot of thanks and a lot of praise because I, I got lucky and I'm not sure it would have taken off if I were to do it again. Well, that's the beauty about the, 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 this, this kind of little social media world that we're all part of is that we all are there for each other. We're helping each other out. I remember seeing you 
you know, like you said, grinding and hustling, because I'm always grinding and hustling myself, and I would be at all the autograph shows and Cubs convention, and all of a sudden, I kept seeing this guy putting his shirts up and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chicago Sports Spectacular and those type of places, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just sitting here, I'm like, is, is this really going to work? I, I, was, I was looking at it with a lot of curiosity, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, okay, I'm digging it, it's, it's, it's clever, it's original, and, and, and so, you know, all of a sudden you know, 2016, obviously the Cubs win the world series. And so you had a couple of shirts that definitely hit it big, the classic, you know, about the rain delay and the other about a Wednesday in Cleveland. Uh, it's just funny about how, when I, um, I, you know, the South Bend Cubs just won the championship and they Mm -hmm. won it on a Wednesday in Cleveland. And it's just so funny because all the guys, whether I talk to the players or whether I talk to the broadcasters and everything, everyone had to mention that. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's so obvious, but it's, it's like if you're a Cub fan, you know, it's one of those things, too, with that shirt is that if you're a Cub fan, you know, if you're not, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe not so you know, much. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So absolutely amazing. And so, you know, you start kind of branching, you know, that World Series had to have helped. Uh, as far as selling shirts and those those shirts that you did have, no doubt. Like I said, I I don't know I don't know what it was because everything kind of just fell in place at the right time. I, I can I do consider myself very lucky. I'm not any better. I'm not any more talented. I'm not any more creative. I'm not any smarter than any Cub fan that I know. I think I had something very different, something very unique. But I think the reason why it works is because it is authentically me. Like I am myself on Twitter, the brand, the voice of the brand is how I talk. It's how like my friends know me as it's that it's the smart ass of the group. It's the, it's the guy that, you know, spins puns on everything. And so it either was going to work or it wasn't. And if it didn't work, that's okay. But at least I knew that I gave it my all. And, the greatest game for literally like not I don't want to say it saved the company because yo Trey Kevin what's up man you know I've been thinking what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in LA well you get a very happy Jack Nicholson for sure and the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three and the Kardashian Empire is forever altered what did you just say hey everybody I'm Trey Wingo and I'm Kevin Frazier and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes as former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus the World Series and the Greatest Game shirt, like those two things, I consider it very luck-driven. But that Greatest Game shirt put me on the map. Um, and I think just a couple of big dominoes fell. Um, and that's sometimes all it takes. And, uh, you know, I'm a baseball player by by birth. And, you know, as baseball players, the saying that you get, you know, one shot at the plate. And I just try to make the most of my opportunity at, at the plate. Um, and I could still consider myself very lucky. If the Cubs don't win the World Series, I might not be. I might not be still doing this. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, I, I can't really explain it other than I dedicate myself to the Cubs. I've, I've thrown my whole entire being into this. Now the downside of it is I get to be less of a fan, less of a, I used to love following the minors. I used to love reading Brett's art. I mean, I used to, I, I read more Bleacher Nation than anybody. And now I just don't have the time, which kind of sucks. So I feel a little bit disconnected with all the trans, things that are transpiring, but I don't try to be a baseball analyst at the same time. Uh, so I don't think I, I think that's pressure that I put on myself. I just try to stick to t-shirts and, and just making a, making Cub fans laugh and just making it more fun to be a Cub fan because, you know, don't no, nobody take anything too serious when did you, transpiring right now when did you decide okay the, you know we need to get a presence in wrigleyville the, the, we need to get a, an actual physical brick and mortar store uh, and not just be online anymore i mean it's gonna kind of sound douchey but people kept asking i never that was i never had any desire to do that i wanted to be strictly e-commerce the this is my, i'm in my basement right now and so this used to be obvious shirts headquarters um, just t-shirts filled to Florida ceiling and these cubes. And I never really wanted that, but a lot of people reached out and said, you know what, it'd be great if, if you could have a store, because a lot of times people bring friends or they don't know, they get tickets last minute and they want something to wear to the game or depending on who's hot, like you can't just, the options right now is you go buy a jersey and you go buy a jersey. Um, and I, I started this company because I wanted something different. I didn't want to spend $349 on a jersey. And I also didn't want to wear cardboard to a Cubs game. So, you know, I, I feel like I solved my own problem. And it, apparently I, we can solve problems for other people, whether it be a hoodie, comfortable hoodie or a stocking cap or just a T-shirt to support a player. Because honestly, I started this for the players. I, when I started this company, you couldn't even buy a Jake Arrieta jersey unless you went to Sports World or Clark street sports and had one custom. Like my first Jake shirt was custom. So I wanted to rep players. I wanted to support players. Well, you can, if you look at this shirt right here, Iowa, Tennessee, South Bend, Myrtle beach, this is a special shirt because this was the first shirt ever purchased at first the shirt. obvious shirt store in on Grace street. Correct. Clark and grace. It was the first and you came about six minutes early. <laughs> um, rightfully so rightfully so and you may you were on a mission and i couldn't be happier that you were the first shirt ever sold out of a the obvious shirt store it, it was time. just it was so great it's opening day you know and everybody's just excited and then we got a my, photo right don't we have a photo like with the one yeah yes absolutely and it's uh i think michael bowling or jeremiah paprocki one of those guys took it and you're behind the register yeah <laughs> it was absolutely a blast, man. You know, you talk about how much you enjoy the players. And the cool thing, I, I got to tell you, Joe, there was a little bit of envy on my part because I saw you went golfing with Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> uh, you actually yeah. have different collections. Like I, like, I love the Rhino collection and I love the Hawk collection because that's my era growing up. You know what I mean? That had mm -hmm. to have been like a pinch me moment where you're literally like on the green with Ryan Sandberg just kind of having some fun. That was, I mean, that was the coolest day of my life, bar none. Like, that that was the, that was just the, the, I don't even know how to explain it because he was so chill and so down to earth and he made it so easy because I was freaking out. Like, my first drive, I told him I'm going to, I'm going to hit this right into the ground because I can't, I'm like up there and my hands are like, you know, 
like that. Um, and he just, like, he's so calm. He was just like, just, I'm no different than your buddy. I'm like, yeah, you are. I don't know. If I, I'm not going to cuss on here. But I'm, yeah, you're very effing different. You're Ryan effing Sandberg. I'm not, like, you're not, you're way cooler than anybody I know. And he was just like, and he was like, you know, you're over rotating way too much. He's like, you need to like, just, he's like, you have a very athletic swing. You just need to trust your hands. Like same thing. My baseball coach tell me, trust your hands. And like, he just made it so easy and so chill. And from after the first hole, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I want to beat this guy now. And he saw my, he saw how competitive I was. And he's like, okay, me and you, like we're doing this. And long story short, we were, we were on a scramble team. But me and him, and we were with two others, and but me and him were more worried about jabbing at each other. And they took it all the way down to the last hole, and he he pulled one of the all-time great tricks on me. I had about an eight or ten-footer, um, bit straight, not a hard putt. And he said, right before I get ready to set up and putt, he's like, it breaks more than you think. And that gamesmanship just – screwed with me and so i turned my my blade putter just about a centimeter right hit it perfectly straight and it missed it missed the cup by about a centimeter and he got me by one unreal i love it uh you know not only do you do stuff with the major league players but one of the cool things for me especially kind of working and talking to a lot of the minor league players is seeing your shirts at all the different affiliates that you can go to. Uh, we just had Brennan, uh, Brennan Davis and Cole Franklin over at club 400. Uh, you got a Brennan Davis is good at baseball. You have uh, ice cold, like, like, you know, Cole was talking about how his mom was just so excited to get that shirt, you know, and it's funny because the minor league guys talk about it too. I just had uh, DJ hers on the last episode and he, you know, we were talking about hers time and I'm like, Oh, is that an obvious shirt? Yeah. He's like, no, but I'm waiting. I, I think maybe one day. And I'm like, don't worry, DJ. I'm sure you're going to get your hers day shirt, but uh, yep. you know, it's just absolutely, you know, like just to see those minor league guys even know who you are before they even come up. And it's like part of the dream. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe I'll be on an obvious shirt someday, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I don't, I've never really thought of it that way. Um, I'm just so, there's so much going on inside the business that I haven't really been able to like step back and reflect nor, nor can I, I can't really get the perspective of like seeing the company or understanding what it's about. I just, I don't have that like angle or perspective on it, but yeah, you bring up a great point. I, the minor league guys are just, I have the ultimate respect for them because while they're on track to make it and to go to the show and to, you know, their life is going to get so much better. They're not there yet. And so their life kind of is a grind. And I relate to that very much, even though I'm not playing professional baseball, but I get the grind and I get like, I don't consider myself a success by any means. Um, just a guy that loves the world that he's in and, does it for fans and tries to make baseball a little bit more enjoyable, but it's not all puppy sunshine and rainbows down there. And I get that. So anytime a minor leaguer reaches out, they get my undivided attention and I want to do anything I can to help um, because I just respect what they do and what they go through. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just really cool. And so now you're sitting here and you've done just so much also for charity. I know you've done stuff for club 400. Uh, I was at, at the Steve McMichael party that was on the rooftop. You made the shirts for Mongo, uh, you know, for John's. I mean, you, you've done a lot of that and that, that has to, you know, make you feel good to know that people kind of turn to you and say, Hey, we want you to be part of what we're doing. Yeah. That's the best part other than, uh, yeah, I would say that takes the cake. The, again, I, I have a, I'm blessed. I had a very good mom and I have a very good mom. And the one thing she's always stressed my entire childhood is to give more than you expect to receive and just do the right thing. And I just have always felt like, whatever you do in life, the mission should not be inward looking. It should always be outward looking. So whatever I do, I always try to take care of other things, other people first. And it's really important to me that if I can do something and be able to provide or help or aid in any type of way, that that is what makes all of this worth it. That's what makes the hard times worth it, the, the path, the grind like to help other people and to do more than just t-shirts. I don't, t-shirts are just the vehicle. T-shirts are just like the outlet. It's not, it's, it's more of the vehicle to, to allow me to do things that really matter to me. And that is to help, help give back. So that's what I'm most proud of more than anything is the ability to give back and to use the shirts as a vehicle to raise awareness and raise funds. And I met a lot of amazing people along the way. Um, so yeah. So Joe, I got to ask you your top three favorite shirts, the ones that you hold near and dear to your heart, your three favorite ones, either because it's clever or because it has some special meaning to you. Man, that's a great question. I think the number one is greatest game. And, um, that's because it was so unexpected. So there's a funny story. I know I've been super long winded. That's just, sorry, I I'm long winded. I go, I could, I could talk your ear off the greatest game shirt. I was converting DVDs like for my, for myself. And then I was going to like, I put them on a stream cloud service that my mom, cause she is like, she, she was retiring at the moment. She had more free time. She wanted to like, just watch movies. So I'm like, mom, I'll, I'll, I got it. And I was converting uh, the greatest, the greatest game ever played, the golf movie with Shia LaBeouf. And so what I would do is I would watch the movie while it was converting because it was a long, slow process. And, um, you know, I was read, I was look while this was happening, I was reading the back of the DVD and it said something about like the greatest game or the greatest golf match was in Brookline, Massachusetts. And the very last line of the movie fast forward to the end of the movie. Now the last line was in, and there the greatest golf game ever played um, was on a Sunday in Brookline, Massachusetts. And then I just like had that light bulb. And I'm like, well, shit, the greatest baseball game I ever played was on a Wednesday in Cleveland. I mocked it up that night, went to bed, put it as like a pre-order. And I woke up to like 380 orders and I was like, what the hell? And then it like just, it just never stopped from there. So that's greatest game shirt. I owe pretty much everything to that. Um, number two and number three. I mean, the Jake shirt's got to be up there just because that's what started it all. So I think Jake, the Jake shirt would probably be number two. Strictly on just sentimental value. Um, 
I'm trying number three. Gosh, that's tough. I really liked I really liked the Willieville shirt, the playoff of the Connect or the City Connect jerseys. I really liked how that shirt looks. The phrase Willieville, you can go either way with it. I really like the aesthetics of that, but in terms of like just a shirt that I like, that would yeah, Willieville would be up there or uh man. I'm waiting for something specific, man. I'm waiting for something specific. Gosh, putting me on the spot, Crawley. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Joe. I'm gonna tell you your third one. Ready? Here it is. Here it is. And I'm gonna tell you why. It has to be okay. St. Louis is boring because I, was, I swear to God, I was I was close. The reason why I didn't want to say that is because I I'm very big on authenticity, originality, and that is not uh that's not an original. I guess either is the Willieville, but go ahead. Sorry. I'm just going to say, not only do you get the pleasure of making money off that shirt, but you also get the joy and satisfaction knowing that you piss off Cardinals fans. That, so that, to me, is like the ultimate combo. I can make money and irritate the shit out of Cardinals fans. There can't be anything better than that, Joe. Yeah, you you're, you persuaded me. I, I swear to God, St. Louis born was going to get thrown out, but it's like – well, Chris Bryant made that. I didn't. I mean, he he kind of made that special. I just put it on the shirt. But I do remember the Cubs convention when that all went down, and I was like freaking out because I'm like, I don't have any. Like, I need to go to the printer. I'm calling my printer. I'm like, get these printed up. Try to get it here by Sunday, the last day of Cubs convention. Like that was <laughs> that. How that all went down was epic. And and you know me, like I'm a pretty neutral, stay out of people's shit. But I hate st louis and i not, i'm not saying i hate the cardinals more than anything absolutely hate them so you're right any any <laughs> chance you get to pick like piss them off and poke fun at them and make money hand down you're right oh they they hate you joe and i think that's the ultimate compliment i could give another cubs fan is the st louis cardinal fans hate you with a passion and i i think you should wear that as a badge of honor my friend I do. I do. I, in fact, I wore it in St. Louis and they like, wouldn't even let me wear that shirt in the stadium. I had to like throw, luckily I had a hoodie cause it was, it was cold, not cold, but it was a night game. So, but just the fact that they wouldn't wear, let me wear that shirt. And it was like, I got, I got to them. It matters. Oh, now, oh, yeah. now it matters. Well, Joe, tell everybody where they can find you online. And then and, and the store we said was uh, the obvious shirt store is on grace and uh, Clark Clark. So yeah. it's, you can't miss it. The obvious logo is right there and, and, uh, online still at obviousshirts.com. Yep. Uh, social is at obvious underscore shirts. Um, yeah, our store hours are really funky right now just because, you know, without Cubs traffic, it's very hard to gauge. Uh, but we're always, our offices are right across the street. So if you ever want to come in, you can just call the number that's on the front door of our store, and we are a 30-second walk away. If you have any ideas, um, I, 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 we have some big announcements coming up, but we're probably going to wait until CubsCon to announce them. We will be at Cubs Convention, so come see us there. We have some surprises. We have like a, we're going to have giveaways, and we have like a cool. Uh, we're going to have like a scavenger hunt. It's going to be actually be pretty badass, but. Uh, the bigger announcements I'm going to, I would love to announce them here, but I'm going to wait till Cubs convention. Uh, but this was a great, a great interview. I'm sorry. I rambled, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. No, Joe, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate, I appreciate everything you do and uh, man, just keep rolling it and we'll keep buying them.
I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I hope the Cubs can make some moves here because I think we're all we're all just ready uh, for championship baseball caliber teams again. From your lips to the baseball gods' ears, Joe. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Carl. You're the best.